I'm grandmother and mother, better known, by the neighborhood and my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Everybody calls me mother, so that's my name. Even the mayor calls me mother. <laughs> my name is Nathan Johnson. I am 15 years old from Bolton, North Carolina. On Saturday, February 27th, I went to Gun Swamp Road to see the home of Miss Willie May. She's one of the oldest people living in Bolton, which has about 600 people. Today, I'm going to share some of Miss Willie May's story as a way of honoring legacies of black elders in Bolton. This podcast is a part of the Leaders Project, which stands in leading exceptional adolescents in a dialogue to erase racism. To everyone in town, Miss Willie May is mother. Everyone in town celebrates her birthday every year. And one thing I notice being with her for even an hour is she gets a lot of phone calls. When I'm missing the neighborhood get alarmed up. Anybody say mother? <laughs> Anybody know where she was? <laughs> she lives in a one-story blue gray house on Gum Swamp Road by way of Long Dirt Road. She's got lots of wind chimes and small statues and stones painted in bright colors with words like love and hope written on them. She lived in the house for a long time and is right near the house where she was born. I was born in July... 1931 in Bolton, North Carolina. So that makes me 89 years. So um, come July, if I I make it, I'll be 90. I sat next to Mother wearing a mask and holding my cell phone to record what she was saying. Pastor Sean Mayer, the mayor of Bolton, stood in the corner videotaping conversation. Mother talked about life as a child in Bolton. Okay, uh, can you tell us about um, when you were younger? Um, when I grew up, I was like just a traveling child. I like moving about. I like going in the woods. When I grew up a little bit older, I started to work. And the work that we had at this time was tobacco. I strained tobacco. I grated tobacco. I tied tobacco. I did everything to tobacco that was to do, except for cropping it and bringing it in. When I started, I must have been like six, five. Before I could go work there, I was the water girl. I had to take a half gallon, that was all I could take at a time to my parents to drink. Sometimes my dad would drink the whole thing. And I would have to make two trips, because <laughs> my mom needed some too. And uh, that was my job. And after I carried the water, I could go out there and play under the tree until they called me again. So my young years was like easy. Mama didn't just let me sort of do whatever. But then as I grew older and I got married and I had a family, I had a family of four, two boys and two girls, and three of them is deceased. I only have one living child. It's my baby girl. Uh, I moved away. I think I was like 20, maybe 27. 
And I stayed 46 years in Massachusetts. But I was blessed. My kids, they were, I'm not telling you they were no angels. <laughs> but I'm about to tell you that. But they weren't bad kids. They knew their limitations where I stood. And so I didn't, I didn't play about things. Mm -hmm. If I say do it, I mean do it. And if I say don't, I mean don't. And they knew that, you know, I, I didn't promise them nothing if I didn't deliver. Well, after being in the city for so many years and having the city life, I'll tell you, it's tough. It's a pleasure to be back home. Um, tell us about how things have changed since from when you were younger to now. I had to be a scientist <laughs> to go back and tell you how it changed from then to now, but I'll do what I can. Um, we never had the, all the things that young folks have to get involved in. We, all we had to do, we played ball, go to church and, and work. That was it. I think my daddy had a radio. With a big battery, I can remember that. And the neighbors used to gather around when it was a fight, you know, a boxer. This is Ted Husing speaking to you from the ringside at Yankee Stadium where the New York World Telegram and Associated Scripps Howard newspapers will bring you a blow-by-blow -blow description of the 10-round heavyweight fight. And everybody would gather around to listen to the fight on that radio. 35,000 fans have gathered tonight in this great stadium. And here is an announcement from Harry Bailow. But now, from, from back there to now, many times it's speeded up so fast I can't even keep up. She also talked about how times had changed in regards to racism. Um, I grew up in this neighborhood as a child. And I know what it means to be discriminated against. I was born in a community that everybody was light-skinned or half-white, except for me and my dad. So I was different child, because I had chocolate skin. Nobody else had it but me. Not only it wasn't so much as the kids, the kids did not mind, but it was the adults that mind. I always was raised with white people. That was me, I was brought up with them. I worked with them, we was playmates then. So I didn't really know a whole lot until I grew out from the playmates and they went one way and I went another way because I was over there. People are different. You have a set of people that just hate dark-skinned people. They don't know why. They don't have a reason to. They just do. And so when they see you, they want to do something to you, but they don't know why they want to do it, but they just want to do it. And I used to get in all kind of trouble with them, minding my own business. Just walking along the road, just minding my own business, pulling tobacco gum off my fingers, coming in from work. And all of a sudden, somebody gonna come out there and hit me? I don't think so. But you know, it was a long time before I could live that down. A long time, a long time. But I learned to, to live uh, above all of it because I learned I'm just as good as anybody else. But, but life goes on. Older people leave, and the next generation is different. 
I try to live to the best of my ability. I try to love my fellow man and do the best I can by them. I pray, you wouldn't believe how much I pray, that I just know prayers to answer. I don't know, I don't know anything else is the answer, but I do know prayers to answer. My last question would be, um, what is some advice you would give a young lady growing up in Bolton? Well, let me see what I would want a young lady to understand. I would, I would wish that uh, she would be neat and very intelligent and love herself before she loved anybody else. Because if you love yourself, you take care of yourself. So, and don't let nobody tell her that she's wrong, because she's not wrong by loving herself. So, you know, they, they would probably pick at her because she looked good and was always dressed up and always looking like fine. But then be herself. That's yourself. Be what you want to be. You can be what you want to be. You've been listening to Iron Legacies, a podcast produced by the Leaders Project with funding from Duke Energy Foundation. Leaders is a youth group in rural Columbus County, North Carolina. It was birthed out of the Bolton State Haven Enrichment Program in the year of 2000. The group's genesis came about as a result of a partnership with the University of North Carolina at Wilmington by Lynn Smith Deal. Leaders is an acronym for Leaning Exceptional Adolescence and Dialogue to Erase Racism. The program ended in 2005 was, and was reborn in 2020. To learn more, visit our Facebook page by typing Leading Kids for Life 05 into the Facebook search bar. Thanks for listening. Was everybody telling me, Mother, you always look so dressed up? I told them, you should see me when I'm dressed up. <laughs> <laughs>